Welcome to Forks and Fangs, a Vulgar Geniuses production. We are your hosts, Danny and Veronica. Each month, we will be reviewing a different book written by various authors of color, while combining it with a foodie tribute to our writer. Today, join us as we chop it up over brunch and the novel Little Fires Everywhere, written by Celeste Lee. Let's jump into it. Welcome to Vulgar Geniuses Forks and Fangs podcast. Yay! I'm here with the lovely Miss Denny, and um, we are your hosts. My name is Veronica, and, and I am just so happy that you have joined us as we sit down and we're going to discuss uh, our first book of the month, which is Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. And, um, yes, it's ing, not name. So ing, you know. as in ing. Yes. So if you don't know her, she's a wonderful writer. This was her second novel, um, Little Fires Everywhere, that followed. What was the name of her first one? Everything I Never Told You. Yes, which it was an instant seller, bookseller, bestseller on the New York Times. And she followed up this one. And this. Uh, book happened to be turned into a miniseries on By Hulu. Hulu, starring Reese and what's her name? Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington. Yes. Yeah. So if you haven't watched this show, I highly suggest that you do so because it's it is fire. I can't believe I forgot Carrie Washington's name. Sorry, girl. <laughs> but we love you, though. We love yes. you, boo. <laughs> so um, let's get started. What do we know about Celeste E? Let's just talk about the writer. She grew up in Ohio. She actually grew up in a town called Shaker Heights, which she used in the book. That's awesome. I wonder how much of the book is actually, like, true story, like, based on, like, actual moments that she had growing up. It's going to be awkward. Oh, you know, Mrs. Richardson is real. (laughs) (laughs) Homegirls reading the book, I'm like, oh, this is me. I wonder if she got any lawsuits from it. Any royalties. Okay. <laughs> this is our story. How dare you? How well, dare you? We welcomed you into our home. So if you're joining us and you haven't read the book, obviously we're going to be talking about this book extensively. Um, so if you don't mind spoilers, then listen along. Um, but if you are one who wants to read the book, Go ahead and do that, and then come back to us, because our podcast ain't going nowhere. So. Yes, it's going to be here forever, forever, ever. So, uh, the reason why we're called Forks and Fangs is because each month we're dedicated to doing some kind of meal that represents either the writer or the book that we're reading for this month. So, what did we do today? We had brunch, because um, Celeste... Celeste. I don't know how you say her first name. I think it's Celeste. Celeste. Celeste likes brunch. And she included two brunch scenes in the book, which is Mirabelle's or Mailing, which is whatever side you're on. (laughs) (laughs) That's for her first birthday. And the other one, I think, is with Lexi. And it's actually a real um, 
restaurant in Ohio, which she even said that her family went to. Oh, wow. Shout out to 100 Bomb Group. All right. Getting the getting that special shout out in the book. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag <laughs> wanted to be sponsored. And oh, yeah. Side note, if you love this podcast and you want us to give you a shout out, you know, just shoot us an email over at vulgargeniusbookclub at gmail.com. And we will love to hawk your product, your business yes. for you on our on our podcast. Yes, we have Instagram. At oh, Vul- yeah. At Vulgar Geniuses. Yep. Vulgar Geniuses on, on IG. And um, soon we'll have some more things for you all to visit and add us to and become friends with. Uh, friends. We like friends. Instagram is, is our, our spot for right now where we're, where we're settled. So... Let's start talking about this book. So, um, Little Fires Everywhere starts off with a story talking about this uh, fire that is happening in town. Um, the Richardson's house is yes. um, a flame. Yes, and we don't know who did it. All we know is Elena, a.k.a. Mrs. Richardson, comes out. Um, usually she wakes up early, but today she slept in. Um, and she comes out, and her house is on fire. And the children are standing in front, and they all have a suspicion that their little sister, Izzy, is behind it. Yeah. Izzy is not in the first part of the chapter of the book. She's, like, missing and gone or doesn't want to be found. So, got to figure out, like, what's going on. And then there's this introduction of two characters that have left away in the night. Mia and Pearl, they're nowhere to be found after yes. this house fire has happened. So mm-hmm. it's kind of up in the air. We don't know exactly who set this fire on in the house. Yes. And we don't know why. So, of course, that pulls us along. Um, and as the novel goes on, it introduces us to a character named Mr. Yang, who doesn't yeah. seem to really appear anywhere else in the book. Shout out to all the Asians. You're Woo-hoo! represented by Mr. Yang. Mr. <laughs> Yang from Hong Kong, all the way from Hong Kong, is um yeah. the, uh, what, I, what would you say Mr. Yang is? Because I think Elena described him as like a, a person that she would get along with. Because I think um, as Asians, meaning us, meaning I am Asian, so I can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend not to disturb the peace. Mm-hmm. We just go along with the ride. Mm-hmm. And def- therefore makes us almost kind of invisible at times. Even though we're really there, we try not to make enemies. We just go about our day, living our best life. And I think that's how Elena saw Mr. Yang. Just kind of like a bystander. Somebody mm-hmm. that she can be above of. And cut can not really necessarily control but she ha- she can have an influence over and she has this idea of that he basically won't give her any trouble yes and that's what asian people do so yep if they are from a different country they just try to blend in they don't want they don't want any trouble they just want to you know make a decent living and have a nice life mhm mhm so their children can have a good life they have a good life so Mr. Yang um, is not married. He doesn't have any children. He's just living in this house. Yes. And she has um, an apartment part of the house that is for rent. And so this introduces us to Mia 
and Pearl mm -hmm. um, into the book where she meets Mia and uh, she basically tells her like you know we would love to rent this place out to you yes because Elena saw Mia as a starving artist mm -hmm. and she bragged about how this property was given to her by her by her mom and you know they don't really need the money but they want to help out the community and you know it's basically to her an act of kindness and charity so that's where we found me and Pearl renting this apartment and Mia was like okay I'll take it because it's very cheap it looked really nice and she kind of wanted I think she told Pearl that this would be their last stop from you know jumping from state to state house to house renting from different apartments and Pearl was very excited when they come inside the house they didn't really think that oh we're getting this much for such little money and Pearl loved her own room she gets you know everything a teenager would want basically yeah but she never had growing up oh we have to mention that this story does take place in 1997 which is an interesting time period that she chose i wonder i wonder why she chose that time period maybe it's when she was growing up too probably probably yeah something I, like i said this could possibly be based off of true life stories yep. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to mr yang you got it <laughs> so uh they move in and then there's like this visitor that comes along this little boy pulls up and it happens to be team moody moody <laughs> Denny's all about Moody. She love loves Moody. Um, Moody is, what, the third child to yes. Mrs. Richardson? Yes, because Tripp is the old... No, Lexi is the oldest. Lexi is the oldest daughter. She's the oldest girl. The oldest child. Yes. And then Tripp. And then Moody. And then our special, special child, Izzy. 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 So Moody, he pulls up to the house and he's just enamored immediately by all things that is Pearl. Yes, he pulls up there because mom comes home, Elena comes home and is like, oh, I have this new tenant, this, you know, mother and daughter tandem that's an artist, this and that. And Moody was like, oh, I wonder, you know, what are they like? Everybody in Shaker Heights drive a car, drives a car. Moody it wants to be different. He rides a bicycle. He goes everywhere on his little bicycle. And he went into, what is it, Woodbury? No, there's a street. What's their street? I can't remember their street. I can't remember It's name. okay. It's Wood something. Yes, Woodley. Shout out. Shout <laughs> out to whatever street that house is on. Yes. That he pulls up in. Um, but he basically befriends Pearl. And, um, you know, he he kind of helps move the story along when he starts asking questions in regards to, like, what does your mom do for a living? Yeah, who are you? Where are you guys from? And then you never had your own room, you know? Yeah. Things, conversations that would make it apparent how different their lives or their upbringing were. But where Pearl had to kind of work hard for everything that she had. Well, Moody, he didn't even think about... I think there was a line in the book that, oh, he never even thought about if there would be power or, like, water when he would wake up. He knows that when he turn, turns on the switch, there's light. When he turns on the faucet, there's water. Right. Well, on the other hand, this other girl is having her own room, like, when she's a teenager. Right. 
So right. I think that's what drew him more to Pro, besides her being cute. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that helped. <laughs> cute and smart. Her long black hair. In <laughs> <laughs> <And> a braid. <laughs> So it, as we read in the story, um, and we we go further on, their friendship tends to grow, and she mm-hmm. is invited over to the Richardson's house. That palace. And she is floored. In shock. She's in shock. I would she's be in shock. Ne- I would definitely. I'm still in shock when I go into people's houses that yeah. are nice. Yes, yeah, too nice. <laughs> like, whoa. But she walks up into this house. I'm like, ma'am, what do you do for a living? <laughs> How can I get some of that? <laughs> but she walks up into their house and discovers that, she, you know, basically, she I guess she feels like she's been living a lie. Like, this is what it is to have She felt something. like she was missing out on a lot of things because mm. she didn't have a proper, first of all, she, she didn't have a proper, you know, room. Home. Like, there's no stability right. in her family life. There's no dad in the picture. Mom has been always been avoidant of like the reality of what happened in the past. But when she would ask any of the Richardson's, Richardson's kids, there's always a backstory to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they they know what happened. There's mom and dad. There's a kitchen. There's a a family room where they watch Jerry Springer together. Together, everybody yeah. has their own spot on the on the sofa. Um, yes, you know it's their habits that were formed, and it's it's kind of like oh, you know, I've never had that. We always had to move, so even before I had to make those habits, we I was gone. Mm-hmm. So for her, this was really nice just to see what a normal. Air coats, normal life looks a normal like. Life. Yeah. So I think she starts to feel probably she's in the beginning of getting her feelings about, you Poor know, baby. where she's living or whatever. And, you know, she comes back home and she's bragging to her mom about this house. Yes. And the people in the house. Yes. And of course, I think I know I probably would start to feel insecure because you're thinking that you're giving the best life to your daughter, you know, your child, and Mm -hmm. not wanting them to feel like they need all of this material stuff in order to feel more about, you know, who they are. And um, obviously that's, that's, you know, piquing Mia's interest into who is this family. I mean, she knows that they're... Filthy rich. <laughs> yeah. And I think she probably already knows this type of woman who Elena Richardson is mm-hmm. when, you know, she comes in and she's offering her this apartment. This the whole conversation that they have in yes. regards to why the apartment is so cheap as it is. Yeah, because they feel like case. they Yeah, like charity. Like they they want to be able to provide housing for anybody of any status. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to, you know, really make that clear in the very beginning of the novel. So I think Mia already knows, like, okay, this is kind of like your classic, like, pseudo-liberal who wants to do good yeah. and, and then wants you to know that they're doing good yes. person. And then, yeah, she even comes up to their apartment at one point in the book and asks Mia to help out in their house. Right. And, you know... I think Mia agreed to do it, not because she needs the money, clearly, because she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's to watch over her daughter. 
Yeah. That's yeah. the ultimate reasons to why she would go into these people's houses. Like, she had no desire or want no. to be in their house other than to make sure that her daughter doesn't get, like, swept up in all of this. That their daughter, her daughter doesn't turn. Yeah. Yeah. And then also to help supplement, you know, money, she takes up a job. She's working at a at a Chinese restaurant. Yes, she does. And um, part time because she focuses on her art more. Yes. Um, she as an artist, she would ship her um, art to New York um, and she would she has a little friend in New York. What's her friend's name? The curator that would like sell. I can't think of her name right now. But uh, she does help with um, with getting money Selling. when she needs it yes. from the pieces that she sold. So um, Pearl is now introduced into the Richardsons' life, and the Richardsons are now introduced into you know learning who Pearl is. And um, so the job has been offered to Mia. Mia starts working in their house, and in walks who. Our our other main character of this story, little Izzy. <laughs> yeah, Izzy. Um, Izzy walks into Mia one day, um, while Mia was just cleaning inside the house, snooping. I should say, not really <laughs> cleaning, but snooping. <laughs> and she was very surprised that Izzy was home. Izzy was home because she got suspended because mm. she broke a teacher's bow. Bow. Yeah, a violent bow, um, out of defiance. Um, so, you know, they had an instant friendship. Izzy was like, "You, re- you, you want to know what my story is?" Because she just felt comfortable with Mia. Because Mia wasn't there to judge. She offered Izzy like a little sandwich, some in a book, something that she said that she would give Pearl when Pearl was having a tough day. Mm-hmm. And Izzy took on to it this as a good deed without any, you know, nothing. Nothing really, like, wanting from her or anything like that. But just, you know, she she was just there to listen to her. Mm-hmm. And then we hear that the story of why Izzy broke the bow. Was it... It's because of the teacher, the music teacher, right? What's her yeah, name? it's her orchestra teacher, Mrs. Peters, hmm. who was picking on um, Deja Johnson, a student yes. named Deja Johnson, who... Little Deja. ...was a black student. She was very shy, and everybody knows that she was shy. Right. And, and apparently, I guess, what, she was out of tune or something, and yeah. she complained about it. She singled out Deja mm-hmm. and was just like, okay, you need to stand up and do this. And poor girl was, like, you know, shaking, and then, what, I can't remember her she, name. She showed Mrs. her, Miss Peters definitely showed her her racist roots uh, when she asked the girl if she needed to say it in Ebonics. Oh, yes. Yeah, bitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, do you understand what am I saying or should I say it in Ebonics? And I'm like, ooh. Oh, clearly, that character is white. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And so, you know, Deja, who's quiet and won't say anything, you know, I'm sure she's just like basically frozen in that moment. And um, you're having to deal with the, what do you what do you do in that moment? No. Um, you need a friend like Izzy. <laughs> and Izzy just, like, goes in on Miss Peters. And then snaps her bow, and... Does she walk away? I think she... I don't know if she walks away. 
I feel like she it just automatically just resorts to her getting in trouble. Yes, but what if Izzy? It was just a um, no. I don't. I don't remember if Izzy walks away. But all she knows to us, um, Izzy did that because I think when Izzy was being judged for having second chair as a freshman. Deja was one of the few people that didn't really question why Izzy mm-hmm. was there. And she kind of appreciated that gesture, you know. She was like, oh, so she really thinks I can do it. And she was appreciative of, like, gaining, like, a, you know, a supporter. Mm-hmm. So, in turn, that's what she did for, you know, Deja. Mm-hmm. So, Izzy got suspended, and she was telling the story to Mia. In turn, Mia kind of told her a story, too, that what she did when she was younger. Was it in college that she did it or in high school where they put, like, the little um, glue on the teacher's locks? She told her that story? Yes. Oh, goodness. I think I've forgotten this part. Yeah. All I know is that Izzy ends up doing... She puts toothpicks inside of the locks of all the teacher's door. (laughs) And then, so she was even, like, it's even harder, you know, the more that you push on it the farther it gets up in in the in, in the, the lock yeah in the or in the keyhole or whatever so it would take more time to release release the lock so she really wanted to do it to mrs peters and that day mrs peters haven't had her coffee so she was starting you know had to have a headache and she really needed to pee for some reason so she went to like the girls um like bathroom yeah. where three of the locks were working so in the moment that she got into a soul that was good she peed herself <laughs> and while students were in the yes. bathroom so you know it it was an official act of like i guess embarrassment oh yeah she, for people to find out about yeah because she had to go to the bathroom and there were witnesses to yes her. it's not only the lock incident it's also mrs peters peeing on herself incident mm-hmm. that would mm-hmm. go on for like years maybe who knows so izzy felt that she she had conquered the quest <laughs> she won this time she ended racism and actually she did it <laughs> it's still going strong but uh she tried her best shot in in that <laughs> she moment helped, she helped out a friend but it is i guess you can say this is the first spark in the in the in the book I guess of the little fires that are sparking everywhere where Elena, not Elena, but uh, Mia is provoking um, Izzy into, you know, questioning of like, what are you going to do? You, you are upset about all of these things. What, what are you going to add to the plate? What's what's your course of action? You can't just be mad and like, you know, be an emo teenager all the time and like, you know, stomp around in your boots and just do nothing there has to be action for people to know right. that what they're doing is not right right so that's one of the fires but there are many more fires that is <laughs> many more fires to come so you know as the, as the story progresses uh you know like we said that pearl was able to meet the richardson family and we know that moody obviously has fallen in love with her at the yes. jump but there's his brother trip good old trip who pearl has become infatuated with yes this little girl has a crush in this trip that oh yeah that is all (laughs) that has every little uh, girl also has a crush on trip and has every little girl in their school i guess as his girlfriend Mm -hmm. 
and he is a, a, an athlete. Football, soccer, one of those sports. Probably all American. Who knows? <laughs> so he is a jock. He's a jock. He's he does the sports thing. Yes, he's Zac Efron, and <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Lexi, uh, we are introduced to her boyfriend, who happens to be black. His name is Brian. Shout out to Brian. And they are they're seniors in high school. They've been together for like two years. Yeah, and Lexi is trying to get into Yale and Brian to Princeton, and um, so you know they're on this on this mission. Uh, you know, going to have higher educational learning. Um, but as all, you know, um, heated teenagers during this time, they're having a lot of the sex. They're they're doing the sex thing. Yes, because they're grown. They think they're grown. They think they're grown. <laughs> they think they can handle what the consequences are when they do those type of things. And they're doing all the things all over the place. So yeah. that, that comes into play later on in the story. But it is... It is you know, known, made known that he is black, that she is dating this black boy, and that comes yeah. to play later on in the story. So, um, we're then later introduced to the McCulloughs. Oh, yeah. We almost forgot about them, didn't we? The McCulloughs, uh, Linda and Mark, is it? Yes. Linda and Mark McCulloch are a family in Shaker Heights who are friends with the Richardsons. BFFs. BFFs. And they have a little baby. What's the baby's name? It's Mirabel. Mirabel. I don't know. I didn't like that name. Mirabel is... Sorry to all not the Mirabels their... listening. <laughs> that's a horrible name. But I guess that's a name for the 90s. Maybe. I, I don't know. Mel, Mira. Mirabelle. Something that's popular in Cleveland. <laughs> Shout out to Cleveland. <laughs> and shout out to the Mirabels out there. <laughs> and if there are any Mirabels that's listening to this podcast, we we love you. Thank you for listening to us. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but she's named Mirabelle, but she is not of their their flesh and flesh and their bone of bone and yes, all that. They they got Mirabelle um from a fire station. And who uh, dropped her there? Um, a lady named Bibi Chow. Bibi Chow was from China, and she was um, she got pregnant by an ex boyfriend that left her, hmm. um, and she didn't have the means to feed this child. She wasn't able to breastfeed. The child was like dehydrated, was not eating for days. Her diaper was like just with poop. And soaked with pee, and she can't change it, so she would just wipe it off, all crusty, and reuse the diaper. She had the most horrible rash. So clearly, at that point in time, she was not able to take care of this child like she would want to. Mm -hmm. So what she ended up doing is giving up the child to the fire station, and she was, I guess, also not in the greatest condition, so she was in the hospital for like a couple of days yeah until... they discover her in the park she had, she I guess mm -hmm. had fainted or whatever passed out in the park yep. she and went, they yeah, took she her went to the through, hospital she went through for a couple of days of like you know also not eating just when the baby's crying she's also just crying because she can't do anything and that hurts y'all that hurts I'm a mom so I know how that feels you're yeah. not able to provide for for your child so she thought that she lost her child forever um, 
but she was in a quest of finding her child. When she got her census back, she got a job. She's like, okay, I can do this now. I have, I, I, I think I have the means, or I know I have the means that I can provide again for my child. But she's been looking for this child now for, I think, a year. Mm. And we saw this, um, you know, in the book, as it unfolds, like a birthday party for this first like a first birthday party for this child named Mirabel, and for some reason Mia was there. I think she was just helping out around the house at that point because it was done she in the Richardsons. She was at the house overhearing the family talk about this baby coming into their lives, and so the mom was just talking about this child, mm-hmm. and so Mia is overhearing all of this information because they know that. She has had this conversation with a coworker who happens to be BB Chow oh, yeah, at the Chinese restaurant. And so it's revealed that, you know, this child story of her being left at the fire department and her being Asian all matches with what the family is talking about. And then there was a box that was left. There was a, a, a box that was left at the fire department? Yes. She was in the box. Yes, in the box. Oh, with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a name. Well, yeah, that her name was Mayling. Yes, if you find this child, please name her Mayling. Yeah, but it wasn't mentioned by the Richardsons about her name change. Yes, no. Because it was Miss McCulloch who was being pressed by Izzy mm-hmm. when they were having their, their, I think it was like a celebratory dinner for, for this Lexi getting into Yale. Mm-hmm. And she's asking her what the child's real name is and Miss McCulloch was like oh you know I don't know she was trying to put it off but she knew she knew it was Maylene it was Maylene but she just wanted to change it like people do with their dogs that they've adopted from (laughs) (laughs) from shelters (laughs) yeah they 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 adopted a child a dog and then they changed the name and let's say the dog is you know what's the dog's name princess (laughs) They change it to sugar plum. <laughs> and so I guess, you know, they had that connotation of it, you know, being applied to this child where she just went and adopted this kid. And Yep. All of a sudden, she's not what who she is. She's somebody else. Yep. With their name attached to it. Exactly. So um, Mia's able to put two and two together from hearing, you know, eavesdropping in on yep. this story. And she contacts Bibi. And I think tells I her job. everything, and then BB does what? She goes, <laughs> homegirl loses it. <laughs> she goes through the phone book. Okay, so the phone book was this like this book Is that it a had, Rolodex <laughs> that had all of these numbers in it for everything. It basically is what Google is now for us. Yes. <laughs> so she goes through the phone book, <laughs> and she calls every McCulloch in Shaker Heights until she finds. About this that's a, that's probably a lot of people to have to go through. Yes, a lot of people that you gotta call. Yeah, that's a lot of people she called, but maybe Shaker Heights is a small city, so she yeah. was able to to track him down. And she questions them about, you know, is her baby there? And yeah. Miss McCulloch instantly hangs up. And you know that's a guilty, guilty oh, yes, act. A, and she does not pick up anymore she, after that. She pulls the plug in her phone, and then I think BB just after a while went into their went like went to their house and wanted to talk to her personally, but but then the popo showed up. Yeah, and dragged her out. And dragged her out. They told her, hey. 
you know, we'll arrest you. Trespassing. Yep, but you gotta, you gotta go. And, um, so, enters a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a, there's a case, a huge mm-hmm. case that's taking over the entire city. Mm-hmm. Either you're on Team... Maribel. B- Mirabelle or Team Mailing, <laughs> which do you choose, right? And the and Lin, Linda and Mark was being represented by Elena's um, husband, Bill, the lawyer. Um, and then on BB Chow's side, there's only Mia and their lawyer, which is which is who? I think it was Mr. Lim. Yes, Mr. Yeah, Lim. Mr. Lim. So while this case is going on, we find out that Lexi and her boyfriend have not the boots too many times, mm-hmm. so much so that now Lexi is pregnant. Yeah, she got knocked up. So, um, but she goes to tell her boyfriend. You know, she's like tiptoeing around it. She's trying. She's trying it out to see if you know. Do you love me, right? That's how they yeah. always start. What do you What do you think our children will look like? Mm-hmm. And Brian shot her down. She's like, no, we can't do this. Because, you know, we have bigger and better things to do. My parents would be upset. Yes. And he called them Cliff and Claire. <laughs> but it's not their name. Not their names, but Cliff the Cosby show was popular in the 90s. So. Cliff and Claire would be upset. What, I'm gonna be this, like, black kid who, like, you know... Becomes a statistic. Yeah. Yeah. Get somebody else. Get, gets a girl pregnant and then never goes to college. And... You know, he was, he almost got offended when Lexi was like, you know, what if we have babies, this and that. I think he thought that Lexi was just, you know, being overly, like, lovey-dovey at that point in time. Like, her head was so up in the clouds that she, you know, she wasn't thinking right. Mm. But he didn't know that Lexi at that point wanted to tell him that she was pregnant Mm -hmm. and trying to see if what his response would be if and that would happen. So Lexi was, you know, kind of like in distraught and she was disappointed. She didn't really expect for Brian to say that. So in turn, she was like, well, I got to do something about it because she said she can't. She was always perceived as this perfect little girl. Yeah. That, you know, a student is good at she she's a cheerleader She's good at everything, and then all of a sudden, she's pregnant. She even says nobody in Shaker Heights gets pregnant. Like, nobody. So Yet, here nobody. she is. Yes. Knocked up. <laughs> Going to Yale. Going to Yale. And um, while Lexi is dealing with this, you know, sexual repercussion, um, we have uh, Pearl, who has, you know, moved in <laughs> on trip somehow. They're having this conversation and one thing leads to another and they became a thing they became a thing and she kisses him he kisses her back because why not why not you know got this pretty girl yeah. who is quote unquote different did they do it they did it right they did it yeah they did it yeah she su- she suggested it oh, that the they do- that they do it yep and they did the oh, do pearl. And noses are wide open at this point. Everybody is <laughs> is just humping each other like rabbits, except for Moody. <laughs> poor, poor baby. Poor Moody. See, I told you, Team Moody. 
And she's avoiding Moody from hanging out with Moody because she's ditching Moody to be able to go hang out with Trip at someone's house. (laughs) (laughs) And who who else knows? Mr. Yang! Mr. Yang! Mr. Yang. And Mr. Yang is like, oh, he's looking, but then he's like, that ain't none of my business. The agents know. I'm telling you. And they t- he tips right on back, and he reminisces about the good old days. <laughs> and that's the last that we hear of Mr. Yang. So yeah. Mr. Yang knows the secret. This yeah. is very important that he knows, and no one else knows. No one else knows what is what is happening. Um, and uh, as the story progresses, we find out that Lexi has decided that she is going to have an abortion. Yes, and she uses. Um, Pearl's name in the paper. Yeah, she she has Pearl come with her to go mm-hmm. to the clinic. Yep. Um, you know, she has to be disguised because her mom is friends with the director of the abortion clinic. Yep. So she doesn't want to be found out. So in order for that not to happen, she puts Pearl's name on the paperwork and then has <sighs> the procedure done. And this is this is an ultimate like um so insulting. A white people move. Yeah. Not to generalize the population. Yes. But, but this just, is this is like example. a Karen. This is Karen's foolishness <laughs> right now. <laughs> Karen <laughs> foolishness where she changes this child's name. She puts this child's name on her paperwork because she doesn't want to get found out. Yep, you have to own up to your things. Yeah. So in turn, after that, Lexi's, Lexi said to Pearl, like, I can't go home. Like, you know, she can't be seen this way. So what does Pearl do? They housed this chick that used her name, being taken care of her mom by her mom. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, Mia doesn't know that Lexi used her daughter's name in the abortion clinic. That, I think, is still up for discussion. Because remember, Mia is is in their house she's cooking them dinner she's cleaning up you know she's basically like a quote-unquote maid for them and she would find like you know information in regards but that's not revealed until like later on at the end of the story but you know it seems as if the way that it's written that mia is in the dark about Mm -hmm. everything um but she but she knows lexi and and um Brian are doing stuff because she would find like stuff in her in bed room. in her bedroom. Yeah, so she's she's taken um, refuge over at Mia Wright's house with Pearl, and it's talked about that Pearl feels like their lives have now switched because she's, she's finding old. herself more so over at the Richardsons, and Lexi is at at Mia's. Because she's going through this whole crisis of her having to abort her baby. And I guess this is her way of not, like, really wanting to find out. I guess the the healing process that takes place after you have an abortion. And, Mm -hmm. you know, probably not wanting her mom to notice that, you know, my child looks different. What's what's going on with her? Mm -hmm. My perfect little angel. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. So, um, then we we have a court case... That is in that is in full swing. Yes. Um, she, it's basically um, 
BB like wanting to get her child back from uh, Linda and Mark McCullough. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's being represented by um, Mr. Lim Mr. and Mr. 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 Richardson. Richardson. I can never f- remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how hard can He's it so be? forgettable because he really isn't talked about that much in the book. Yes. <laughs> B- besides Bill, in this Bill. little part. So, oh, Bill. I guess they're like, you know, BB and um, and Linda and Mark's like status is being compared. Like, who can take care of the child better? Who has more money? Then why did you abandon your child? The moment you abandoned your child, you can't ever take it back because you've given up your rights, you know? Just a lot of, like, moral and ethical dilemma in between the two parties. Right. And Mia finds herself supporting Bibi. And so, um, this intrigued Elena. Like, why, why all of this? Why are you doing all of this? So she goes into this, she goes into this, like, little like search hunt. hunt or search why this why this is happening too but also what actually fired this start is Izzy because um Izzy taken has taken into like a liking to Mia mm-hmm. she would be hanging out with Mia all the time and wanting to be Mia's assistant mm-hmm. so after school she would go to Mia's house and just you know do what Mia does for her art and s- stuff like that um, there was this one time when I'm taking it back Pearl and um, Moody went into um, like I guess in a museum for like a field trip mm-hmm. and they saw Pauline Hawthorne's um, works and Mia and Pearl was there. It was entitled The Virgin. There was a picture of Mia and Pearl when Pearl was born. This was in 1982. It says in the bottom. And they were like, and Pearl was in shock because that was her mom. Moody was in shock. So they can't believe it and went, so they had to go back again. When they had to go back again, they brought Lexi and Izzy wanted to come along because it was like, it's about Mia, I'm in. When they went back in there, everybody knew that it was it was Mia and Pearl. Mm-hmm. When they got back to the house, they started questioning Mia because she was in there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Lexi was like, I really thought it was you. And she was like making up excuses like, when you're in college, you know, you pick up this odd job. So you don't remember any of it mm-hmm. much later when you're an adult. And then when that's when Pearl realizes that, oh, this should have been a private conversation between me and my mom at home not in the Richardson's like mm, in front of everybody kitchen and then that's when Izzy realized oh there's more to this chick I knew it I need to find out mm-hmm. so that's when she was she planted a seed in her mom and used like oh mom can you look up um, Pauline Hawthorne and like this stuff because there's a picture of Mia I, I'm sure it's Mia mom and Pearl in this museum and she, she even used like, oh, remember? Because you're a reporter, you 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 would find out things for me, right? But initially, she really didn't look into it. Yes, because she think it was a rabbit hole. Because like, um, Elena was like, oh, she tried to call the curator where this pictures came from, and then, um, she wouldn't give her any information. Mm, yep, no information. Like, oh, this is what artists do. You know, yeah. they just they want to remain anonymous. But then when, you know, fast forward to to the court case, she was like, wait, maybe Izzy is onto something. Maybe, you know, 
this is this is something deeper than what meets the eye. Right, right. And so she did. This little lady, <laughs> instead of minding her own business. And this is before the internet. Yes. This is way before the internet. Well, the, the beginnings of the internet. So it's not what we know for it now. Like you Google something and everything pops up. When you said pizza, every pizza would come out. But she had to hop herself on a plane. Damn. And fly all the way to go, where was it, Connecticut? It was far. I thought it was Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Well, 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 just comment in the, you know, in the comments below in the section of our (laughs) podcast and let us know, you know, it's been a minute since we read this book, but (laughs) she flies to where her parents are. She, she finds out that her parents live in this city and she goes to visit. Pennsylvania, maybe. And um, she finds out that Mia' daughter Pearl Warren is Warren, named after her brother, whose yes. name is Warren, who died in a car accident, in a horrible car accident. And um, this was while while Mia was away in college. Yes. And unfortunately, when she was when all of this happened, Mia had gotten pregnant. Oh most important reason as to how did Mia get pregnant. Yes. So Mia got pregnant because they're, again, this is before the internet. (laughs) She was, she was riding the subway in New York, minding her own business. And there was this guy, Mr. Ryan. What's her name? Yeah. Mr. Ryan. Um, his first name is Joseph, Joseph and Madeline Ryan. So Joseph Ryan sees her on the subway. He's just staring her down. Follows her. Very creepy. Follows her around. And he, once he catches up with her, he admits to her. He's like, you know, I'm sorry, but you just look so much like my wife. Yes. And he basically drops an indecent proposal (laughs) on her. Like we, we can never have a child. She has no wound. Yes. She was born without a wound. Yes, it's a thing. It's a real thing. So she has no uterus and she can't have her period. So shout out to her. Yes. <sighs> wow. What would that life be like? <laughs> but anywho, <laughs> that's a different conversation. <laughs> different podcast. Um, she, you know, she could never have a a child, but they've been in love for so long and they really want a family. So I guess this was their, you know, surrogacy. I guess was not a big thing in '97. Right. Not a big thing yet, so you got to find your own. <laughs> you got to stalk your own in the subway. Yeah, <laughs> subway stalk someone that looks like who you feel like your child would look like. Oh, my God. This was this was something serious for them. So he, you know, basically like, hey, we'll pay for everything. We'll 10, give you money. Dollars. And she had just lost her scholarship for college around this time. Yeah. And so, you know, at first she kind of was like, eh, you know, I don't want to do this. It's yeah. creepy. But then when her scholarship got dropped, she was, she said, this is all I got left this is to what do. You, you got to do what you got to do. Because she, she can't work, you know, five odd jobs just to support college. And she really wanted to continue because um, Pauline Hawthorne, her teacher, her teacher took a liking to her work. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she's like, oh, I can learn a lot from this lady. Yeah, yeah. So she she did it. She said like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, you know, basically raise your child in my womb, and just give me the money so I can continue college. And uh, she got pregnant. Yeah. But then um, 
her brother dies. Yes, while she was, she was not due yet, but almost there. Yeah, and um, she goes to 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 home. She goes back home for the funeral, but when she gets there, her mother had a heart attack. No, just she did not. Well, basically, she sees her <laughs> and she's like, she's "What like, the fuck? What no. the hell is this?" Like, Mrs. Mrs. Wright wouldn't say that. She's a church lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord what have you done child and uh basically prevents her from going to her brother's funeral because she's pregnant she's she's worried about what people will say um her mom was like well this is your brother this is to honor your brother and it's basically telling her you're just honoring her you're just honoring his um life or like his legacy or whatever by you being there because you're pregnant people are going to ask she goes off to college and she comes home pregnant because mm-hmm. she's like showing. Um, she's probably in her third trimester and they had no they had no explanation. Nobody be- would believe surrogacy. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know this is this is not hers and this is you know this is from some other couple. So she she got deeply hurt, and then she, what she did is she just she left. She bounced, and then she sent back what money she had left. She sent it back to the Ryans. No, she didn't left. She ran away. That's what she did. And um, she was like, you know, the baby, the baby didn't survive. Yeah, I lost the baby. Here's your money. So basically, she still didn't get to finish college. Mm-mm. She lost her brother. She lost her parents. She lost her teacher. Yeah, which, which they have a they have a a unique relationship. Yeah, but it, I don't think it's, now, here is our confession. While we have finished this book, we also have been watching the series, and we're trying really hard not to intertwine these parts. But was there any mention of them being close like that? I don't think so. It's just, because she would be sleeping there, living there, like, I won't be living in my teacher's, like... You know, house. I think it was lady. maybe it was hinted at. I don't know. Maybe it was maybe. hinted that they were in a pseudo relationship or whatever. But let, let us know. Hit us maybe up. not a pseudo relationship because she was really, you know, both of them. It was like a mentor mentee relationship. Mm-hmm. She saw that she was a really good artist, mm-hmm. so that's probably why she allowed her to spend so much time. Would spend the night, would eat there, would yeah. shower there, do all the things. There. And she really cared about her education. You know, yes. like she felt like. You know, if you if this is something you feel like you have to do in order for you to make money because you lost your scholarship, then okay. Mm, you, 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 but you can't leave. She didn't want her to leave school, but unfortunately no. she left, and then her teacher ended up passing away um, later on. But, you know, now she, Pearl and Mia are on the run. Pearl doesn't know that they're on the run. Yeah, nope. <laughs> and it explains why they are bouncing from city to city. Yes, not because she's an artist. But because she's running away from the Ryans. Right. If she was found, you know, it's kidnapping. Right. It's technically it's it's technically hers, but also not hers. Right, right. This they... is a law and order moment. <laughs> <laughs> a law and order movie. Because they, they paid her money, but she did return the money, but that is still the dude's sperm. Right. So technically, you know, that is Pearl's father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they also had an agreement mm-hmm. that when the baby was born, it would be given to them. It would be their child. So, 
you know, this goes in way before there were actual, you know, laws set up to help protect parents who chose a surrogate Mm -hmm. uh, because you had this happen a lot, you know. There's an attachment that is formed when you're growing a baby inside your womb. And, you know, she just felt deeply connected with the baby, so she ran away with the baby. Um, And... So Elena is getting all this information from the parents. She was in shock. And this is not what she expected, you know, but she knew, like, boom, I got her. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is information that we can use for the case. This is why she's doing all of this for BB. Izzy, Izzy was on to something, mm-hmm. you know. But when she comes back, you know, the judge makes the the verdict, and she really didn't need to like know all of that. Use that information, because yeah, people like BB Child don't win. Yeah, but unfortunately, yeah, BB Child lost, and um, Elena divulges the information to Mia. She basically tells her, like, I know your secret. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do now? You need to leave my motherfucking house. Yeah. You can't stay here. You know, you gotta go. And I think, doesn't she, like, give her $100 or something? Yes. And also, like, I think she discovers, like, also that Pearl had an abortion. Oh, yeah. And she drops that information Yeah. on Mia. And but she oh no she doesn't tell Mia this information. She just said ask your daughter. Ask your daughter what's up. And, and she knows um, her daughter's hanging out with her sons. Right, but she thinks that it's, it's Moody. Bump bump bump. It ain't Moody. So everybody moody. got the wrong information. It feels like at this part it kind of reminds me of Romeo and Juliet, where it's, like oh, the message yeah. didn't get to where it needed to go. Yes, it's all twisted and tied. And And then they end up killing themselves at the end of the story. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, there's totally miscommunication, you know, jumping. There's uh, assumptions that are being made. Mm -hmm. And um, it is here where the fires really start to burn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because at this point, Mia is nervous. She's like, oh, fuck. She knows yep. my story. I'm you know, how can she jail. use this against me? She, you know, so she's like, it's time for us to bounce. Yes. And Mia's not, ha- I mean, Pearl's not happy about that news. And they get into a huge argument about how they, you know, promised to stay. And they were supposed to stay there. And I think at the end of it all, Pearl, and Mia divulges like everything. Yeah. Starting with, um, Uncle Warren. Yeah. And that's not really their real last name. Right. And it's right. And Warren. slowly but surely later on towards the end of the story it's revealed that while you know, they leave, they end up leaving Shaker mm-hmm. Heights and uh, you know, every now and then she'll be like, Oh, I remember when and she tells her a story mm-hmm. and Pearl like leans into it and she wants to know. But it's really hard um for Pearl to have to deal with this moment of having to now leave this newfound love. Her boyfriend. Her boyfriend, Trip, <sighs> And, you know, this life that she really feels like she wants to have for herself. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that's, that is the fallout from there. And then we have Izzy. And Izzy, who has had a tumultuous relationship with her mom. Yes her whole family you know she's upset at the at the verdict yeah she's upset that why 
to her it's unfair like it's not it's not the McCullough's child it's BB Chow's child mm-hmm. you know they're not the mother Linda is not the mother they her mother is right there why would you give it to to the other lady right so she's very upset with that she's very upset that now Lexi was like hanging out with Mia more and like she there's something going on here that she doesn't know mm-hmm. and then um, she's upset that her mom is kind of very standoffish of her that's very strict with her like would call her Isabel you know and just seems like there's always so kind of expecting a higher standard or like something better from Izzy all the time right but unfortunately you know their 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 relationship doesn't withstand all of the the distraught that happens between between Mm -hmm. the two and so you know um she comes to visit Mia, and Mia basically really doesn't let her in the house because, you know, she's trying to pack up. She was like, I tried to get in, but the door was locked. You know, like, what's up with that? And she was like, oh, nothing, you know, just trying to take care of some stuff. And um, she doesn't tell she doesn't tell Izzy that they're moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and Izzy wants to come in, but she she realizes, like, she hasn't really opened the door you know, to her to be like, come on in. And she knows something is up, but she doesn't quite understand. And she just basically tells her, you know, uh, Izzy, you know, Izzy's telling her that she's upset because at this moment, BB Chow is at the house. She is visiting Pearl. She's like in, you know, utter distraught. She's, she's, she's upset. She's crying. And, you know, Izzy's asking, like, is she dying? You know, like, what's going on? <laughs> and is someone dying? She's like, no, you know, because, you know, obviously she's not one to tell people's business like that. Mm-hmm. And um, Izzy just tells her how upset she is about the verdict. And she just basically asks her the same thing that she asked her at the beginning. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like, sometimes you just got to, what, scorch? Yeah. Or, like, she she never said light little fires, but she just said like scorch things, scorch things out, and um, you know maybe the fire would have to put things on the ground or something like that. Yeah, something along that that line of um, of sometimes you just gotta light fire to the issue for change to happen. And so she takes that message quite literally. (laughs) And we find Izzy has gone back home and she's scoping out the house and it appears that nobody is home. And she knows that like her, her mother is this very regimented person. She keeps schedule. She knows when her mom is not going to be home and where she's going to be home. Mm -hmm. And she decides that she's going to set the house on fire. Yes. Literally on fire. Literally on fire. And so we then find ourselves right back as we started the book. Mm -hmm. The house is on fire. And Elena comes out. Elena comes out of the house. Her mom was in the house. So everybody everybody thought that, you know, because Elena has to schedule. But I think the night before, because it was just a long night, she decided to, like, sleep in. And so, you know, the... The police is questioning her, like, you were in the house, Elena. 
Like, if this is Izzy, Izzy tried to burn you inside the house. Mm-hmm. But I think that was not her intention. She thought that her everybody was gone. She just wanted to light the house on fire. Yep. So, for, for, you know, for all the fakeness, the shittery to end. And we found, like, the siblings outside of the house, you know, Trip, Moody, and Lexi, staring at their house on fire. Yeah. And Izzy nowhere to be found. And they had a feeling that the sister was the one that did it, and mm-hmm. they were correct. And um, the McCulloughs are back at home while all of this is going. They're home, and they're with their baby, and they've tucked her in for the night, and they're so happy mm-hmm. that they get to feed her, you know, macaroni, cheese, and her favorite meal, yes. and all of this stuff. And um, Who's outside of the house? BB. BB is scoping the house. <laughs> Looking at that light. She knows that's her baby's room. She knows. She knows. And in the dead of the night, she steals the baby away. And yeah. the McCullers are, you know, upset that the child is gone. She went back to China. And then they even hire a lawyer. They're like, oh, you would never find it. It's almost like pointless of yeah. trying to find, you know, your your child in China who knows what have happened who knows if they're really in China nobody knows right and so what do they do they end up adopting another child who just so happened to be Asian <laughs> to replace Maybe. the first Asian baby as people replace their puppies with the same type of dog so <laughs> um, that that ends up happening so uh, BB takes her child just as Pearl has taken I mean Mia has taken Pearl um, Izzy has left the building. She is, <laughs> hops on, I think, what, a Greyhound bus? She's and, a renegade now. And we don't know where, where Izzy goes. And her family's in turmoil. And, and her mom is just hoping that she'll turn up yep. one day. Or she'll find Izzy herself. Yep. But in the meantime, you know, just got to go ahead and just go forward with life. And this is how life is ended for all of these people. Yeah, and oh, before Mia and Pearl left, um, Mia left, like, um, a series of arts. Oh, yeah, because they had to go somewhere after their house got burnt down. Yeah. And they ended up going back to that that property that her parents left her. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they get to the house, there is art for each family member. Yes. Each family member. And in uh, Lexi's piece of art, you see laced in between the picture is the... The form that she's filled out that has Pearl's name on it. With so that is clue number one that she had that she knew the whole time that she had an abortion. Because when she was cleaning the house or like just going through trash, she she found like evidences of these things. Yeah, and she knew that she had an abortion because Lexi asked her to go to the to the abortion clinic with her. That's right for her follow up appointment. Right. So she knew of this. Um, but it was kind of like, you know, I know you had an abortion, but I, I know that you used my child's name to cover mm-hmm. up your little dirty secret. And so she places that in her piece of art. Yes. And, Moody. um, Moody's, I don't remember what was Moody's. It was the, Moody gave Pearl, um, a notebook, a moleskin notebook. Mm-hmm. So, cause Pearl, you know, liked to write poetry. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when he found out that Pearl is now dating Trip, his brother, he shredded the notebook that wasn't even touched by Pearl. Because Pearl is just like, oh, I'm so in love. Who are you, Moody? Who? 
are we friends again? He shreds this and places it in a trash bin where Mia found it and turned it into art. Mm. So it was for Moody to be like, you know, if you really wanted that girl, you should have done something sooner. You know, and I guess he, you know, it turned out into an art. Yes. I don't remember what Trips was. I don't... Did he have one? He had... Everybody had a picture. Bill even had a picture. Um, They all had paintings, but the one that stood out the most was Elena's, and it was a bird cage. Mm. And, you know, you didn't know if it was to represent her as the bird or the cage or if Izzy was the bird or the cage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so all of these pieces of art that she made uh, for them, she knew, you know, this wasn't something that they were going to show to the world. And they actually put the pieces of art in a, dep- in a safe deposit box. They stored it away. They didn't get rid of it. They kept it. And I think it was, you know, interesting that they kept this piece of work of art. I think maybe because they understood maybe Mia had a very special talent maybe. and um, they didn't want to get rid of the art but they also knew that if if it got out like you know maybe there are some true. secrets that were there in that artwork so they all kept their painting and um, it was interesting before they were getting ready to leave the house Pearl was like why are you leaving your art it could be the thing that makes you famous and she was like some things aren't always meant to be seen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so um, it was just for who it was made for, which was the Richardson's family. And uh, so they were left with with them knowing Mia could see us the entire time. Like, she could really see yeah, she what, what was going we on. were trying to hide from the world. It's not always perfect. Right. Like, what they were trying to, like portray right to the outside world exactly exactly so we're gonna take a break and uh here's a word from our sponsors and then um we're gonna come back and we're gonna really dive into what we feel like celeste ing was telling us about her book little fires everywhere this one and we're back welcome back welcome back so, after we just went through that whole retelling of this wonderful story, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into uh, Little Fires Everywhere. So, let's start with the with the, the heavy hitters. The mamas. The mamas. <laughs> they are definitely the ones that moved this story along. So, Elena and uh, Mia. And Mia. So, why do you think they have this conflict going on between them i think it hits on all angles so it's hitting from like economic status definitely um for parental status just the like what it is to be a mother and the type yeah. of mothers that they are that Different they are styles of parenting yeah because you're you're dealing with a woman who seems in regards to to mia have a stronger hold on her child then mm-hmm. Elena does, you know. She thinks she knows her children, but she don't. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't have an idea who they are, what they want, right? Um, what they're doing. Yes. And then there's Pearl and Mia, who, even though, you know, it kind of looks very chaotic from the outside. Mm-hmm. On the inside, they're actually solid. Mm-hmm. They know each other, or do they? 
Cause like, do you think it's a hundred percent solid? Not necessarily. I don't think so. Cause Mia hid so many things from Pearl. Pearl yeah. doesn't know what her mom's past was. It always like a made up story. So there was a facade there. Obviously, there was a As huge, well, yeah. huge, huge secret about Pearl not being, you know, or are her keeping the secret of who Pearl's father was mm-hmm. and how she actually came into the world. Yeah, Which is, but... You know, she asked her, did you want me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously that could come from like, am I just someone that you got stuck with? Yeah. Am I an accident? You know, you know, who was it? I think it was like Lexi that was asking her all the inappropriate questions. Yeah, like maybe she got raped. Maybe she, she was abused and like, and Moody was like, Hey, and even Trip was like, Hey, yo, you got to stop, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not cool to be asking those questions. What would it be if the mothers actually revealed more of themselves to their children? I think it comes with time that you can't really reveal everything while they're, like, little because you have to be the one that's in control. Mm-hmm. So if you... I guess portray somebody that's that can't even get their shit together and you're expected to raise these children I don't think like children would follow you mm-hmm. you know there's a difference between being transparent with them like oh you know we're poor we can't afford this to be like yeah I have a fucked up past too mm-hmm. I think it's when they get older and then you're as an adult you guys can talk I think that's a different story maybe Pearl maybe Mia was just waiting for Pearl to be you know mature a little bit more and then maybe she would you know tell her like this is your backstory this is where you came from but I didn't tell you because you know children talk Mm -hmm. and then they don't have social media but you know she could have done a lot of things too she could have been like oh you know let me ask around you know what's my dad's last name and call numbers if bb child found linda and mark well that's only in shaker heights but if um (laughs) what's her face elena found pearl's mom and dad like it could be the same way yeah yeah so Um, i just i think it'll just come in time because you can't divulge everything to your children i think it has to be there comes you know it comes with some sort of like understanding for the child to be like, oh, yeah, that's what my parents went through just to raise me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, it, you have to understand in a different perspective. I mean, it would be nice if you could just tell your children, oh, I had a hard time breastfeeding you, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, yeah. what would a five-year-old care, or like a 10-year-old care, like, what is breastfeeding? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so, but if, at least if you're like, maybe a teenager, even, even an adult, it depends, because like, um, Elena's children are teenagers mm-hmm. and yet they seem to be very naive and like they care about like themselves I mean just they, they that's the thing they only cared about themselves yeah like for Lexi to be asking questions like that to Pearl like maybe she got raped maybe this and that you know and you're going off to college to Yale like come on and also you know even within her questioning Pearl I think it stated that Pearl didn't even really question, you know, she never really either had those questions or she had those questions and it was like early on and she just like decided just to let it go. Mm. And I found it interesting that it was 
within all of this line of questioning that it just kind of made her wonder a little bit more that it also maybe put put that that idea of like why can't we have a life like they have a life yeah you know kind of starting to resent the mother for the decisions that they that she made for them and especially in um, regards to Liz to Izzy and and her her mom um them having their difficult relationship and Izzy really resenting her mother and not understanding fully as to why our relationship is in such turmoil you know, why Why can't we get along? Why does it feel like you don't like me? Mm-hmm. You know, why do I have to abide by these... These rules. Yeah. But it's actually quite the opposite. Because, yeah, in the book it says that Izzy was the hardest to raise out of all of them. Not because of her attitude <laughs> that comes in later. But it's just because she was a very sickly child. Mm-hmm. It maybe just carried over... Um, to when she was, you know, older and bigger, that Elena was just more protective mm-hmm. of Izzy, but Izzy sees it as like, you know, you being the dictator of my life, mm-hmm. like, you know, you own me and I'm just your puppet, and because she wrote that in her like, um, she actually had that moment like I'm not your puppet in her dance recital. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like I, I can't do everything that you want me to do. So everything that she did. Basically, was not really because she... I feel like not because she liked it. It's because, like, her mom doesn't like it. Mm. Just to provoke her. Right. And get a reaction. Because she can never get a reaction of, like, love. So she would just get a reaction of, like, you know... Tipping towards hate? Yeah. At least she got a reaction. Yeah. Let me see some emotion. <laughs> um, But in regards to just Elena and Mia in general of how they are as women... In defining of you know, this is a lifestyle that I chose for myself because Mia, Mia's an artist, and it was always question of like, well, what's your real job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and she's having to constantly remind them like, this is my real job. This is what I do. I'm an artist. I'm an artist. Where you know Elena, who went to school for journalism and now is working at like the local newspaper. newspaper. <laughs> yeah. You know, but when you say it when we even when we say it like that, it 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 gives a demeaning connotation to it just the same way <laughs> as Mia being uh, you know, an artist of, you know, you have this woman who's <laughs> just working at the local newspaper for her it's journalism. Yes. She could have been in the New York Times. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She could have run away with with um hot boyfriend in college. <laughs> <laughs> got her name Jamie. Jamie Jamie but yeah I mean it just goes to show where you know you have these divisions upon just like class and profession and how you are a parent yeah. all of these different areas in which these women differ mm-hmm. but how are they the same they just want to protect their kids mm-hmm. they just want the best for their kids mm-hmm parenting is difficult (laughs) you can always look at it as like oh i'm doing the best but then you lean back and you're like am i really doing the best like you're always second guessing yourself like is this really what my child would need Mm. you know is this really like what i would want for my child or it's just my made up thinking that this is what is right Mm -hmm. so every 
I think parent or like as a mother, you would have a doubt if you're like, oh, is this right? Oh, is this like okay? But I guess you stick to what works. Mm -hmm. So whatever worked for Elena, she stuck to it. Whatever worked for Mia, she did it. And that's how you develop like what, you know, a sense of a parent or a mother you would be. But you like, I think that's their common denominator. They just want what's best for their kids and they just want their family to be okay. And I guess that goes for all of the women that are talked about in the book. Yeah, BB. Including Linda McCulloch. They all um, want what's best for the child and feel like their way is the absolute best way for them to do it. Yeah, BB was like, that's what felt necessary at that point in time. But now that I know that I can do it, I want my child back. Mm -hmm. And then Linda's like, you know, this is it. This is all that she knows now, you know? Mm -hmm. This is... This is this is her habits. You know, she she only wants mac and cheese. You know, it's it's a different life for her now as when she was a baby mm-hmm. with that lady BB. Mhm. Mhm. They just only want what's best for the kids. Yeah, it's hard. It's I'm hard sure being a parent. I I am not a parent, so I can't, you know, really speak on it, but I am a child. Yes. And I understand, it was just something that I did not fully understand until I got older, mm-hmm. of like, you know, the sacrifices that my parents, that both my yeah. parents had to make, and, you know, the things that, there are always going to be things that we will never know. Yes. The conversations, the arguments, mm-hmm. you know, having money, having no money, mm-hmm. and the reason why, we'll, we'll never know that as children as to what they... Nope went through unless they're willing to share that information yes that's why grandparents are important because you see how the dynamic of the relationship between your parents yes. and your grandparents because like oh my mom and dad were kids too mm-hmm. and then you see like oh they think it changes the perspective of you as a child mm-hmm. if you're surrounded by that but that's a whole different story yeah they got no grandparents around in this story right well right. pearl right. pearl has but she never met she them. never met them um so what about uh we talked about that what about the children what about the richardsons oh they got it easy man (laughs) they do they got it easy yeah they do they do what do you mean they do they They do do. they do to a certain extent i think like you know in in regard to like middle class family Ask status first world problems that's what yes they yes you yeah. know am i going to get into yale <laughs> you know but like i said like when lexi got pregnant she knew what she was doing mm-hmm. you know she had the means to protect herself Ooh. you know and she had she had all all of the things like she had a great school she was well educated she got money to buy all the stuff, and yet she did not choose to do that. So that was her choice. That's a huge statement right there when you say that she had the means, because that mean also meant that she had the means in order for her to have that abortion. Yes. Because her boyfriend didn't give her that money to mm-hmm. go off and do that abortion. So nope. she got the money from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing like maybe her allowance... Maybe it was an allowance fund that she pulled Mm -hmm. the money from to have it done. And abortions are not cheap. Nope. So for her to have had it done Mm -hmm. speaks volumes about what it is, what 
what privilege it is. Not just necessarily in regards to white privilege, but just privilege in itself of having that that financial um, means to be able to get rid of something that you feel like may be a hindrance upon Mm -hmm. your goals in life where Mm -hmm. a lot of women have had to just say, I'm going to either, you know, like give the baby up Mm -hmm. or keep the baby and not be able to live the life that I wanted, that I want to live. And also even, even if she didn't give up the baby, they would have raised the baby just as fine. Yes. They would have no problem. It's just shameful. Yeah. And And she she would have surpassed that, that shame. Mm -hmm. They would have been fine. Yeah. The community would have talked about it until there was something else that popped up mm-hmm. and they would have gossiped as gossip works. You know, you talk about something until it's old and then you find something brand new to talk yeah, about. She might, I don't know if she would be able to go to Yale, probably not, but you know, that's, that's just how, just how it goes. Like mm-hmm. she chose, she chose to be the perfect daughter, quote unquote, perfect daughter for her mom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she has the means to do both. Get rid of the baby or keep the baby. And she just had to live with her choice. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any issues with Trip. No, I just didn't like him. Why didn't you like Trip? Because I like Moody. Why? I like Let's Moody. talk about that. Like, like, why, why are you hashtag team Moody? Because he is so cute. He's like this shy little boy just wanted a friend. And he dips on Pearl. Like, she she was... <laughs> she was Moody's friend first. So, Trip, get lost. But the problem was, he didn't man the he, fuck up. He didn't got no balls. And tell Pearl, hey, boo. <laughs> I got you this moleskin journal because I love you. Like, he wasn't ready to confess his feelings. But I think Pearl knew from the beginning, too, that Moody is kind of like, oh, you know, he's... he's. But that one who she wanted. She may have known, oh, you know, this little boy got a crush on me or whatever. But at the end of the day... You think if Moody made a move, like, Pearl would be like, okay. I think if Moody made a move early on, Maybe it would have been able to, enough to wipe her memory of Trip, But if Trip was such a good-looking person, mm-hmm. I mean... Moody has no chance. I mean, they're brothers. They might have looked the same. Or maybe nah. not. <laughs> Moody, nah. Because it was established early on, like, Moody was the good-looking brother. Uh, oh, mean you mean that Trip was the good-looking brother? Oh, yeah, that Trip was the... Was I don't it. know. I just want the dorks to win sometimes, you know? Yeah, but the dork has to stand up for its rights. <laughs> stand up for what it wants. <laughs> still, still hate trip. <laughs> um, and then Izzy. Izzy is special, special little girl. <laughs> yeah, I think she just... She was exploring that rebellious state. Like any teenager would do. And, yeah. But yet she stayed there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she lived there. She thrived there. Because I think nobody wanted to recognize it. They just thought that she was just lunatic. And that's why she was so attached to Mia, because Mia saw her. Yeah, treated her as her normal person. Like, yeah. no, it's not lunacy. It's just you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Were they selfish? The kids? Yeah. Um, in what way? Like, in dealing with their parents, with themselves? Unable to be empathetic? Lexi is definitely... Lexi, I think, abused Pearl the most. Mm-hmm. Used her name, used her essay, you know, just kind of wanted this, like, little, um, like, little friend next to her at all times, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not really, but... She was kind of, she reminded me of, like, um, of Cher from Clueless, but in the very beginning... Where, you know, she's like, but also in a in a mean way. So, you know, of like wanting to dress her up in certain kinds of clothing. That's true. You know, she kind of made it her, made Pearl her project. Yeah, because it's like, you know, other people can look at it. She's just trying to help the girl. Who said the girl needed help? Right. You know? Right. Because she was just fine doing her own thing. And then... Pearl didn't find anything in the mall. Guess where they went to? Like the thrift shop. Mm-hmm. And she called it vintage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> vintage. Vintage clothing. But, um, I think that definitely there were, you know, they all had different levels of selfishness. I think Moody mm-hmm. wanted to be selfish with his friendship with Pearl. He didn't want, he didn't want anybody to kind of like chime in on that take part yeah. of it you know he he saw it as a special treasure so it's something that his siblings you know won't understand or mm-hmm. can't understand because Pearl's different that means makes him also different yeah but it also made it you can't you know put your people in a box and make it only for yourself pretty much no but that's what teenagers think yeah what about Trip? Was Trip selfish? He knew. I mean, I'm against Trip, so it's gonna. <laughs> Obviously, I am Team Trip. <laughs> Why? Okay, <laughs> I'm Team Trip because Trip didn't. He didn't do anything. He knew that his brother liked this girl. It was so obvious. But he had also had feelings for Pearl. A heart wants what a heart wants. It's going to fight for what it wants. I feel like he just did it because, like, you know, he probably was just bored. No, I honestly don't think that he did it because he was bored. I really feel like he said that he told a girl, you're different. There's something about you that is different. Not like all of the other girls that he has been dating. That there was something Yeah, she's different because it's Shaker Heights. It's all, like... You know, cookie cutter, family, white people. It's the same kind of deal all the time. And Pearl is like some exotic brown goddess with long black hair and I a braid. I don't think that it was different based on how she looked. I honestly feel like he felt like there, there was some kind of connection that he was able to have with her. That Maybe more so of the fact that she was more authentic than the girls that he had been coming up They with. barely would talk. Think about Lexi, who Lexi is, right? And what if he, what if Trip was coming into contact with all different types of girls who were exactly like Lexi? You know, like they're just uniformed you've seen these girls in high school they all dress the same they all talk the same and then all of a sudden here comes this person 
who doesn't dress like anyone else. It's refreshing. Who looks, you know, who looks different, who feels different. You know, she's very smart. I think that that was what drew Trip and and Moody to Pearl. But I think that Trip had the advantage simply because he actually said something about it. He said how he felt. Moody did not. Ah, I still feel for Moody. Come team on, trip, man. Team trip. Now, if we're if you know, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people have watched the Hulu special mm-hmm. on this on this show. So you know, a lot ha- is different based off the book. So in the television show, I would be neither Team Trip nor Team Moody. Yeah, they're both jerks. There. They're both dicks in this show. This episode, it's just. They're they're fucking pricks, <laughs> all but, for different reasons. Yeah, but that's real life right there. Yeah, it is because he definitely probably would have seen her as exotic, mm-hmm. and you know, wanted to date the black girl just to see what it's like. Yes, and it's like, oh, it's your first time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and is what about Izzy? Is she is she selfish? In the when I was reading the book, I really felt that Izzy was like really like so self-centered because I'm like you know I'm I didn't know what was like the ending like what was it was going to Mm -hmm. like I'm like Izzy just like why don't you just like conform for once you know like I was getting exhausted of her just being the troublemaker all the Mm. time you know I think maybe that's like the parent head but I was like oh everybody I think everybody goes through an Izzy face in their life. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes they go through an Izzy face because they just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always a little bit of selfishness that's with it, that comes with it. Because, you know, even you're though... teenager. Yeah, you're a teenager. <laughs> you want all the attention to you, even though you say you don't want it. <laughs> and then, you know, you want to be different and yet you all dress the same. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's very complex. And, and very I can, confusing. And... I can never explain it like in simple terms. Hashtag we need a psychologist. <laughs> Everybody just needs therapy. <laughs> therapy. All right, so let's talk about um, BB Chow. Oh, oh, BB. I don't know. This is that's such a hard, BB 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 Chow. Like you give up your child, and then you finally found your child, but then you have to fight for your child because now it's owned. Your child is owned by other people. Mm. And then at the end, you still kidnap your own child to go back to China. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> it, like, crosses, like, ethical issues. All over. Moral issues. The law. So even though she's, like, the child's mom, she still committed a crime. But is it really a crime if she's the girl's mom? You know? Yes, because legally, she's not. That's true. She lost that court case. Biologically, yes. But legally... You know, the person who gets to get that extra, that that credit, that tax income credit <laughs> on the baby, that that's the McCullers. That's all them. But was the trial fair, though? You know, knowing what we know about the parents and their lack of ability to really want to 
really raised this child knowing who she is as a person because that you know part of you would be like well why not just let the mother be a part of this child's upbringing Mm -hmm. um even though i know it's difficult at this point you know because the mother really wants to be in her life and you know the decision of being like well why don't we just like have like joint custody Mm -hmm. of some sort or something where you can have visitation rights and to for her to be able to know who her biological parent is. No, they they were not about that. They weren't all. about that at all. And uh, you know, it was certain things of like how can you truly raise somebody? This goes back to, you know, one of our private conversations about what identity is and how can you raise a child to know who they are as a person because so many things shape you yes. outside of just your race. In your culture, there's so many different things. Your upbringing, nurture versus nature. nature. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, who's to who's to truly say? Because what if, you know, her mom kidnapped her and they go back to China and they have a worse life there? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, you're right. You don't know. We don't know what happens. So, you know, it sucks that she had to resort to that drastic measure of taking her child but I guess it be it all boils down to like what would you do and why would you do it you know would you have done that would you have like stole that child no I ain't trying to go to jail for nobody where am I go I live here I'm from here that's true no if you're BB like I was thinking about it you know that's why Pearl I mean Mia did what she did for Pearl because when she realized that she has to give up her child like half of her to somebody like to these to the couple that she barely knew and she had had her dna like half of her is that child she's like oh no money can pay me to make me surrender this child Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think i could do that first of all i can never be a surrogate childbirth is hard fyi Oh, yeah. And she was a different kind where it was her actual egg. It Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, the egg of someone else's. It was hers. Yeah, because Mrs. Ryan didn't have an egg. Yeah. So this is difficult because both of these situations, both of these women, you know, it was their child. Mm -hmm. And what are you willing to do for your your child and your child's well-being? And you're in it. Is it selfish? What BB did. Yeah, there's uh, there's always selfishness involved in this, mm-hmm. even though you're you're telling, I mean, even though you're like saying that, oh, you know, I'm doing this for my child. Sometimes it's also because it what makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. That's just us as humans. I think it goes back to remember that story I was telling you. There's a story about the two sets of twins that got switched oh, at yeah, birth. Yeah where one you know one got switched into the other family so it was kind of like you had one pair that actually grew up in a part of south america i can't remember what country it was but they grew up and it was they did well they were financially well set for Mm -hmm. where they were and then the other lived in rural area of this country And, you know, farming and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And so the one who ended up getting switched, 
was that was supposed to be raised in the well-off family was raised in the rural family and he just wonders sometimes like you know and kind of got the sour part of the deal yes short end of the stick yeah where i could have had this life with my actual twin brother my actual parents and no telling where i could have been and then you had the the rural uh twin that ended up being raised in the well-off family So, you know, it's kind of, he's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I was being, you know, I was able to have this education, Yes. you know, a different lifestyle and what would have been if I was raised in the country, in the country, having mm-hmm. to farm, not having the opportunity to get an education, Yeah. get everything, what you want, not just what you need. Yeah. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. So when you think about like BB making that decision for Maylene of like, I'm going to take you and we're leaving this country. We're going back home. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a huge decision to make. Cause it's, yeah, it's like, we got to start over. If we're going to redo, mm-hmm. but we don't know. Maybe, maybe BB had family there. Yeah. Maybe. maybe she, maybe she came from a well-to-do family. You never know. We don't know BB's hey. life story. We hey, just Celeste, know where she ended off. up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just know where she ended we, up. BB keeps me up at night, Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. This story was really, I think, one of the best books that I've read in quite a long time. Oh, that's interesting. Because I think the more that we talk about it, the more that it makes me like, oh yeah, that happened too. But it's so subtle though. Like in the book, you won't you won't feel like you're breeding this like massive like conflict back and forth. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking like, oh, it's such like so dramatic, mm-hmm. full of drama, full of conflict. But when you reflect on it, and you're like, huh, it is it is a little heavy, because I think it was like I told you like this book was written. This is about a simple story about people and mm-hmm. yet it was written well mm-hmm. so i think that's what makes it very appealing to a lot of people like different you know walks of life they see they see themselves in one of these characters mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. and it's very identifiable who did you which character did you identify the most with moody i'm kidding Moody. <laughs> <laughs> um to be honest with you, not just because she was um, Asian, but maybe um, Bibi. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, because I just had a baby, and I know the struggle of like I didn't. I'm not talking about like we we had the same struggle. Like I was able to like give my baby milk and we mm-hmm. have diapers and stuff. But it's just that pain that you go through just to provide. Mm-hmm. It sucks, man. If you can't. Like, it brings me back to the dark ages, to my dark days, mm. to where I could, I don't recognize myself in mm-hmm. the mirror, because mm-hmm. I'm just like, what do I need to do for this child? Ooh, how can I make things better? How can I make myself feel that I'm actually a mother to this child? Mm. Like, what is being a mother? Who sets the standards? Why does all the YouTubers like, oh, I produce this milk, I have this stash, and you're here, like, dry as a desert with your baby, like, crying because you just want to have, like, a good latch and a good bonding moment with your baby. Mm. It's not easy. Right, right. 
So when when she was doing all of that, I'm like, man, this is some real shit. Like, I'm lucky because I have a husband that supports me. And I was, I had, you know, when he was not able to breastfeed and while my supply was so, I had formula. Mm-hmm. Homegirl didn't. So, you know, it's like hundreds and millions of women probably all, all around the world having that experience. Whoever who, like, you can be a celebrity. You went through that phase once in your life. Mm-hmm. If you have a child, that's why you chose to give formula and not breast milk. So you got no time for that shit. Right. Right. It's, it's a joke. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. How about you? Who's your Who's your character? Ding 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 ding. Hmm. I would probably say that I probably understand Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, from the standpoint of like, you know, both obviously, not obviously, because y'all don't know me, but. <laughs> uh, I, both of my parents, you know, I've I've had my both my parents in my life. My parents were married well up until when my my dad passed away, and um, so both of, uh, both of them were home. Um, both of them worked, you know. They mm-hmm. were you know able to keep a roof over our heads, but there were mm-hmm. times where you know, despite how much money that they could be bringing in, I don't know where the money was always going. You know, like I'm not married to them so I don't know how they're using their money but uh, there were days where excuse me there were days where uh, we wouldn't have electricity Mm -hmm. you know like the power would go out or there were days where we wouldn't have water Mm -hmm. and we have to get jugs of water from the store to take a bath in Mm -hmm. or to cook with or there would be days where there was no hot water and we were having to boil big pots of water Mm -hmm and you know take a bath that way and I would sometimes go and visit friends houses there was a time period where I went to private school mm-hmm. or visiting my aunt who used to work for a white family mm-hmm. and she was like their their cook mm-hmm. and I would sometimes go with her to their house and you're talking about huge houses like look like plantation type houses wow. that we were going in and there will be children there and playing with this girl and she's like come to my room and you're seeing her in this huge room and she's got this canopy bed and like a little nook you know (laughs) these are things that you see on television and here it is right in front of your face and always having this question of like why are we living like we're living like why can't our life be like everybody else's life Mm -hmm. and you know you're young you don't know what it takes in order for you to have what you have Mm -hmm. and um so i definitely understand i think pearl a hundred percent um when she walked into that house yes i have had that moment numerous times of just like being enamored by people's houses and you know just like wow you get to live like this mm-hmm. and you know sometimes you're just kind of like <laughs> you know Ow. I want I want this I want this life for myself mm-hmm. but then you realize later on in life sometimes it couldn't be that way for you know different reasons that and, you didn't know and yeah sometimes it doesn't matter mm-hmm. like having all of that it call just burn down yep and yep 
down to the ground down to the ground and we have definitely had experiences where you know one year everybody's doing good and then the next year there's a pandemic shit hits the fan for reals for reals and you know right now the whole world is dealing with the pandemic mm-hmm. but we even within dealing with the pandemic there's still disparities across the board of how people are dealing with it yes and um you know so in regards to the book i understand the, the differences and pearl is my girl yes i, I totally i totally get her and in all aspects of what it is. My second Pearl. choice is Moody. <laughs> yeah. well, I probably would have gone for a trip too. So, yeah. But uh, I think this is the end of the road for our first podcast. Yes. We hope you enjoyed it. Oh, before we end, how would we rate the book? You rate it by... Oh, so how many fangs are we giving this? From, from, from one to five fangs... How many fangs do you give Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng? I think I'm going I'm to give, give my girl a five. Ding! Five, five, five fangs. Yeah, she deserves it. I love how she writes. I think that's, what, that's the most magical thing about her is how she writes it, how seamless everything. She does, like, um, backstories and, like, stories going forward and back so seamlessly. You don't even know that, you know... You're jumping from one era to another. And I like how she starts the book. Like, mm. you know, this is what we got. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you want to know why, if you want to know more, stick around. Yeah. It, it it makes it for, like, a very, very good read. Yeah, I definitely agree. I was agree. never bored. I was not bored either. It was definitely a page turner. I definitely will give it five fangs. She gets all the fangs, gold, <laughs> platinum gold, however you want them. She is a really good writer, and I'm excited to see what comes out of her in the future. I know, such such pressure. And such pressure. It's a hard buildup. Like, but she, she, two she books, television show. I know. But she can, she can rock it. Yeah. So we want to thank Celeste Ng for giving us such a wonderful piece of art. We want to thank you, our listeners, for yeah. taking the time and uh, listening to us chit-chat about this book. And we hope that you join us in the future. We'll be um, venturing into a, a new piece of work. Yes, we're very excited. We're really excited about it. So stay tuned. Make sure you follow us on the gram, as the kids say. And on that note, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Instagram at Vulgar Geniuses Book Club. Our theme song was produced by Sean Kantrowitz. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Dammit. S-E-A-N-D-A-M-M-I-T. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor or Spotify. See you next time. Deuces. <laughs>